Well, hey everyone, Sats here. I hope you're doing very well. Welcome to C3 Reflect uh, today. And if you're brand new, check us out online, uh, perusing on YouTube, uh, massive hello to you. And please do hit subscribe, hit that button uh, so we can kind of stay connected and uh, we can dish up some more content that you might uh, like. And if you've been around for a few weeks, few months, and you're kind of lurking in the corridors of the internet and you would like to announce your presence and let us know that you're around, I think it's a cool thing to do. Church is not just about content that we put out, it's actually about community and relationship. We'd love to connect with you, uh, find out about who you are, what you're up to. Uh, you can go to our website to let us know that you're here. Just go to c3reflect.church slash connect. And uh, you can put your details in there and we'll get in touch. So I'd uh, love to encourage you to do that. Well, we are finishing. This is the final week of our series. Can you believe it? Nine weeks. And we're here and it's called Influencers. And uh, we've been sharing nine elements of influence. And uh, really stems from our vision. This has been a series not just about uh, preaching and ideas, but also just about who we are as a church. Uh, the three aspects of we're here to help people connect into community. And that's because we just believe that, uh, you know, healthy human beings flourish in community. Like we need one another, we need people, we need to connect. Uh, and, uh, you know, isolation, disconnection is just simply not um, healthy for the human soul, the human mind, the human body. The list goes on. Uh, secondly, uh, we want to help people transform into the image of Christ. And this is about, you know, the whole process of transformation is what, it, what, it, what, what happens when we understand that we're in Christ. Um, you know, Jesus died on the cross and, was, and rose again. And uh, it's in that uh, moment that Jesus took upon the sin of the world and took on the sin of us. The old us goes down into the death of Christ and also we're baptized into the death and we're raised to new life in Christ. And it's from that new spiritual reality that we actually are empowered to actually be obedient to God and to begin to live out his ways and his, uh, his, his, his blessing materializes in our life in every single area in our relationships as we obey him, as we follow his instructions, not, you know, just as pure sort of like, yes, sir, no, sir, but we begin to get the mind of Christ on the inside of us and we renew our thinking and we change us the way we see the world. We become more confident and all of those things. And it begins to flow out. And ultimately, the third part of our vision is to influence the world and influences this really cool like byproducts. It's a fruit of a life of transformation. When you are changing uh, you're getting healthy in community. You're, you're being changed into the image of Christ. Your, your, your experience, uh, who you are is actually being transformed. And that word metamorphosis is actually like, wow, complete new nature. It is kind of pretty easy at that point to begin to influence. And uh, the shadow of our influence, the, the way that we live begins to affect people. The way that we talk begins to elevate moods. And, and uh, we begin to bring hope and peace and healing and all of the goodness of God uh, into our world. And that's what happens when we influence. And so what we did is we broke down those three parts of our vision into nine elements of influence. And if, as you come to the end of this series, and you're thinking, these nine things resonate with me. Well, that's really cool because what we've done is we've launched a, a, a discipleship framework called Influencers. And this is the whole idea, is that if you feel like those things resonate with you, then you can actually jump on board and say, I want to become an influencer. Now, here's three things that happen when you do that. First of all, you're going to get to join our monthly Influencers Nights, which happen uh, in both of our locations. And uh, we'll be going a little bit deeper. We'll be praying together. We'll be sharing more encouragement. And, and I think there's just something so powerful about creating um, you know, a little bit more uh, community uh, where people are invested, iron sharpens iron. And Jesus had a, few, a variety of layers 
to his discipleship. He had the crowd, um, you know, he had the 72, he had the 12. And at each point, everybody was welcome. It's just that not everybody came. Not everybody wanted to, to, to count the cost of what it meant to follow Jesus. And so we need to understand that for us today, the church is both exclusive and inclusive. It's inclusive in its invitation to every single person to partake in and, and to receive Jesus, but it's exclusive in that it requires your opt-in. And uh, you need to opt in to be an influence. You need to opt in to be a disciple of Jesus. And I believe these nine uh, qualities, these nine values are, are, are just some real essential, essentials for what it means for Christian living. And so you can take them wherever you go. In the future, you can take them to a different church, a different environment, uh, when you move back home or whatever it is, but you can carry this, this commitment um, with you to commit to these nine uh, awesome elements. So uh, we're coming into the ninth week right now. And the ninth element is souls. Well, the ninth element of influence is souls. And as we finish this series, I just want to highlight something that is super important. And this is just this cliche that sharing is caring. And uh, this is really what it comes down to, guys. If, if we have received something from Jesus that is of value, it would be kind of odd if we didn't want to share it. Um, you know, when, when, when someone... Uh, you know, uh, send you like a funny meme or, or you see like, uh, you just see like a, you hear a great song or you watch a great film. Like, what do you do? You share it. Why? Because you're thinking this person would like this too. And this friend would like this too. And I know this person would like this. And, 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 and when you think that something is great, you cannot help but share it in your world. And this is why the idea of a private faith is just so silly when you apply it to Christianity is because if, if, if God has entered into your life, let's think about what's actually happened here. That the greatest injustice of our world, death itself has been overcome by the life of Jesus. Is that not worth telling people about? <laughs> if that's what we truly believe and if we don't, uh, maybe we don't truly value or understand what we've actually received. But, but if we have received the life of Christ, the same spirit that was in Jesus, lifting him from the grave, that same spirit is in us today. And we know that through faith in Jesus, because of his righteousness, we will experience eternal life. In fact, we are experiencing it right now. It has begun. And when we die, we'll drop the body, but we'll be with Christ forever in a kingdom and a place where there is no more tears. And there's no more, there's no more fear. There's no more sadness. There's no more heartache. There's no more pain but eternal life, the goodness of God. And uh, that is a gift too great not to share. It's not a cake that's split up and there's only enough few pieces for a few people. No, 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 God is a God of abundant life and he wants every single person to enjoy eternity with him. And the reality, of course, is that God is a respecter of free will and he doesn't force his will on anyone. He's not going to force anyone into heaven. He's not going to manipulate them into heaven. But he has designed the church to play a part in spreading the good news, sharing the gospel. And uh, we need to take that seriously. And our mandate to open up conversations and to share our heart and, and tell the story. That's what the scripture is about. It's, it's the testimonies, the gospels are the testimonies of people who saw what happened and experienced the power of God in their lives. They saw the death and the resurrection of Jesus with their own eyes and they told the world, we're here today because people cared, because people experienced Jesus and they shared what had happened. And, and I think sometimes that sort of, um, you know, there, there is a sense of urgency, you know, about this. And I, and I think sometimes what I see in this conversation when we use, use the E word, evangelism, is that that word can have a variety of sort of response from us, depending on what we've seen. 
And uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've been on the tube sometimes or you're on a bus somewhere or you're walking about and out of nowhere, someone pops up and they get a little loudspeaker and they start preaching scripture and saying whatever and repent and turn for your sins. And I've got to be honest, guys, like I, I think there is sometimes a place for that. And uh, I think 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, there was a, a lot more receptivity to that method. But honestly, when, when it happens, I'm nearly always dying on the inside. I, I'm not thinking like, woo, great, yeah, Christians, let's go, let's tell everyone about Jesus. I'm actually feeling kind of awkward because the setting is awkward. That the method is awkward and sure, there may sometimes be some results, but I want to read you a scripture that Jesus shares in Matthew 10. He says, behold, verse 16, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Well, that sounds reassuring, Jesus. Um, I don't know if I want to be a sheep in the midst of wolves. He says, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And this for me has been um, such a key verse in navigating the culture and the world that we live in. And particularly when it comes to sharing our faith, Jesus actually says, I want you to be as wise as serpents. Another translation says, cunning as serpents. It's such an interesting description for Jesus to compare, use a metaphor like that, but to be as innocent as does. What does that mean? He's saying, look, he says, don't manipulate, don't pressure, don't use a strange methods and agendas, but, but do be wise. Do be strategic about how you share the gospel because we've got to navigate the culture. So be, be strategic. Be smart. Don't, don't, just, don't use methods that are unhelpful, that put people's backs up. And so for me personally, although I never want to stop anyone in their enthusiasm for sharing their faith, I feel like in today's culture in 2023, we need to actually get rid of some of the more extreme sides of evangelism that are a little bit abrasive and maybe actually turn many away from Jesus as well as turn a couple of people towards Christ. And we actually need to begin to share in a way that is more strategic. And I want to introduce to you or really introduce to you the, the, the central concept of how the gospel has spread for thousands of years. And, and it, it's not loudspeakers and it's not crowds. It's, it's, actually, it's actually something called friendship. <laughs> it's actually a relationship. As, as we share, the, the primary way that evangelism should, should happen in our lives is through friendship. It's through relationship. And, and here's why, why I think that's so important and why I think it's the primary one when we see it all the way through scripture. You don't have to go far to see the, the relationships, people going about in their everyday life, their everyday friendships, their everyday relationships, telling the stories of what Jesus had done. They're not going around knocking on people's doors who so don't want to talk to them. It's, it's like Jesus himself. You know, there were certain places Jesus went where people did not respond to the message. So, and Jesus says, hey, if people don't respond to your message, it's fine. Just shake the dust off your feet, go to the next place. So, so we, we're not here to force something on people. No way. We're here to simply share the gospel, knowing that not everybody will get on board, but knowing that the people whose hearts are open will actually respond to the message of hope. And, um, you know, I, there's some hilarious scriptures where Jesus is preaching and he's like saying all this profound stuff. And then, and then he says some stuff that is difficult. And it says, and half the people got up and left. <laughs> That's literally what it's saying. So, so we need to understand that not everybody's going to like our message. Not everybody's going to be receptive to our message. Uh, but, but we're not here to, to, to create needless sort of, uh, you know, head clashing. Uh, we're just here to share in love. And the best way we can do that is for the existing relationships that there are in our lives. And why is that? You see, uh, if, if you go to a, a petrol station 200 miles away, let's say up somewhere in the north of England and you, 
You, you, you go to a, a petrol station, you tell the, the person, the petrol attendant, about Jesus, and they go, amazing, I could really use some of that. And they jump on board and they get saved, and then you drive home. What happens then? Is that person going to find, what are their ne the next steps for that person? What are you going to do? Are you going to try and connect them in with the local church somewhere? Are you going to help find someone who can disciple them? No, because the problem is, is that you don't have any relationship with that person. And because you don't have any relationship, what we miss is that Christianity is not just about salvation, it's also about discipleship. It's not just about the point of which your spirit is regenerated and you come alive, but it's actually about the long term. It's actually about walking with people because God's design is that we would walk pe with people uh, and with Christ and we would experience and walk out and work out our salvation. And, and, and when we understand it, it completely changes how we think about evangelism. Because we're not just trying to get people saved. We're just, we're just trying to create relationship with people. And in that relationship, we're just going to allow the overflow of our love for God and our love for life and what God has done in life to overflow into that person's life. And I believe when we do that with sensitivity and with care and with a genuine heart, we're going to see a lot of people get saved. A lot of people receive the gift of life through um, Jesus. Um, this is what it says in, in Matthew 9, verse 35. It says, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Um, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Chapter 10 is what it says. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Okay, let's just talk about what's happening there for a moment. So first of all, the heart of God for the lost. It says he was, he was, wherever Jesus, he had compassion and it was like he stopped. And I, and I think sometimes we do have to just stop for a moment. There was so much pain in our world. Uh, there's so much heartbreak in our world. There's, there's so much trauma undealt with. That there's so much grief. There's so much pain. And, and Jesus is like... Jesus was able to have compassion. It was like he wasn't just so quick to move through the day. Like, like we're almost like so desensitized to people's issues. It's just like, yeah, everybody's having a tough time. Wow, great. Like we're just, we're just like so quick to move on without realizing that we actually have the answer. On the inside is we actually have hope. We have an anchor for our souls that is providing strength. And sometimes we forget what it's like to have the peace of God in our heart to have the peace of God in our mind, to, to live with the joy of the Lord as our strength. Sometimes we just forget what we actually have in Christ and it becomes so normal to us and we're enjoying it and it's great. But, but Jesus had this ability, although he was God himself, completely fine. He stopped and he had compassion and he saw that they were, they were helpless and they were harassed. That's, that's a crazy picture for our world, that there are people at the mercy of darkness in this world and Jesus had compassion and so then he said to his disciples guys we need we need to pray to the Lord because look at the harvest and I want to just speak over your life right now and over the people in the world look at the harvest lift your eyes and see the need it's, it's not hard to see the need friends and when we lift our eyes and we stop and we notice how much people need Jesus and he gathered his disciples that the harvest is ready so this is what we're going to do we're going to pray to the Lord that he would send laborers into the harvest. Now, this is really interesting. So, so prayer, prayer is really cool, right? And what's really fascinating to me is that the next verse 
In the start of the next chapter, Jesus says, hey, you need to pray for God to send workers. What does he do in the next verse? He sends them. <laughs> it's like, guys, we're going to pray for workers. And I was thinking, great, yeah, yeah, we need some more workers. Where are the workers? And I think sometimes we're, we're looking around in our life and we're thinking, yeah, we need to pray for someone to tell these people about Jesus. Or maybe I can get them to a church service. Maybe I can pull them into a, to an event. It's like, no, the reason you are in your friend's life is because you are the bringer of hope. Don't turn around and look for someone else. You are probably the answer. It's probably you. The reason we find ourselves often in dark places where we think, why am I here? It's because God has actually sent you into the world. The harvest is there. So I want to just give you just a couple of thoughts about what evangelism should look like. It starts with prayer. We need to pray for people, pray for our friends, pray for them. And this is what happens when we pray. A couple of things happen. One is that our heart begins to change towards them. That's one thing that happens when we pray for people. And that's why Jesus says, um, you know, pray for your enemies. It's, it's so that we would actually begin to see them in a different way. And so there might be people who have wronged us. There might be people who, there's some bad blood right there. And, you know, maybe we're forgiven them, but to pray for them, pray that God would bless them. I mean, gosh, God, are we, well, how are we going to do that? Well, it's because when we pray for people, what happens is our heart actually begins to change towards them. So they're no longer enemies. They become people and we begin to see some of the intricacies of the heart. We begin to see their backstory. We begin to understand the heart motivation. We begin to get a picture of why they behave the way they behave. And suddenly it's almost like you see into the brokenness and suddenly it's like you have compassion. You think, I understand why they treated me that way. It was nothing to do with me. And it has everything to do with the brokenness of the heart. And so when we pray for people, what happens is we begin to, we begin to soften our heart towards them. We begin to feel compassion for that person. But the second thing that happens when we pray for people is their heart begins to soften towards us. Their heart begins to soften towards God. And so they begin to sense the drawing of God. And they feel it's like a pull. And they don't really know what it is, but they just feel like an attraction. They feel like a pull, like a magnet. It's like, what's going on? And that's the power of prayer. Prayer has the ability to open up people's hearts. And we need to pray for people in our world uh, so that every person would have the opportunity to experience Jesus. And so when we're praying for people, this is what might happen is you might begin to be able to get a sense and get a picture or, or a, you pick up on something about that person. And the Holy Spirit will show you something about that person. And this is now where it gets really cool because now you've got something to pray for. Maybe your first prayers are like, oh God, I pray you to help this person. Uh, God, I pray that have a nice day. Like, like that's what prayer starts. Prayer starts very ordinary. And you're thinking, I don't know what to pray. Just pray those sorts of prayers. Make it rubbish prayer. Just, just get going. Just start where you are. Because as you continue to pray as, as a discipline for those people in your world, those people in your family, the colleagues at work, and so on, you, you are going to start to get some insights around that person. You're going to get some specifics that you can begin to pray. And you're going to get a sense of some of the issues. So you might begin to sense, wow, I feel like this person has like a heavy weight in their mind. And then you're going to have something to pray about. I'm going to pray for you. Now, this is what, what, what happens is at some point when you pray, because you care about this person and because prayer is actually changing your heart towards them, you begin to feel like a burden for this person. And then you're praying for them. And you're like, I, I need to reach out. And so... You, you can actually do this. You can actually reach out in the context of your relationship. And I've, I found that this is a very effective way to pray for people. And it's to simply say, hey, I, was just, I was just thinking of you and praying for you. And I was just wondering if there's anything I can pray for you. And you were going to find like 99.99% of the time, even if people do not know Jesus, if they have no context, they are at, at, at worst going to be like, oh, at best, they're going to be like, that's really nice. 
Thank you so much for thinking of me. Like, even if I think you're God's nonsense, even if I've got no idea what you're on about, even if I don't really think prayer works, the fact that you are thinking of someone and, and, and you care about them is going to be communicated in that message. And then you might find that they say something specific and then you can pray. You're going to find at some point that you actually have an opportunity to speak into that person's life. They will actually give you an opportunity to speak and to pray, and you will get a little bit of authority into that person's life, some influence, as they actually invite you to speak into their life. And this is the power of prayer, is that we can actually pray for things, and things will actually happen. And so when people have needs, we can pray for their needs. And, and, and when you really care about someone, when you're really praying for someone and you're actually thinking about them, you will check in with them. And so someone's got a big event, a big meeting coming out. And maybe it's just so normal over there, they're a bit stressed and a bit worried. They've got to present this stuff and, and you're praying for them. And so you're texting them before they go into the meeting. Hey, hey, I hope it goes really well today. I've been praying for you. And you go, okay, cool. And, and then when they come out of the meeting the next day, you text them. Hey, how did it go? Was it all right? Oh, you know what? Actually, it wouldn't really well. I was really surprised. Normally, I'm really nervous, but you're going to find that your prayer begins to take root in people's heart. And from that point, you're actually going to get an opportunity because at some point, they're going to say, well, tell me, what's this prayer thing that you do? Like, what is that? And you're going to have a chance just to share. Share your story. This is who God is to me. And this is and we just begin to share it. And that is the point where that person is going to have an opportunity. And they may need many opportunities. It's a journey. But if we love people, if we have compassion for people, we'll keep praying for them. We'll keep believing with them. We'll keep caring for them regardless of whether they respond or not. Regardless of whether they, they give us the answer we want, want them to give us. We're just going to love these people. We're going to care for them. We're going to pray for them. And I promise you this, if we as a church community begin to pray for the people in our world, we will see many, many souls added to the kingdom of God. People experiencing the wonder and the joy and the glory of what it means to be in Christ Jesus. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. I'd love to just pray for us right now. Maybe there's some people in your world uh, who need Jesus. And maybe you just feel like you've just got a bit stuck in your faith, that it's become something great for you, but you don't really know how to share it yet. And you, you actually want to share your faith, but you just don't know really how to do it. Well, hopefully some of the things from today are gonna help you, but I wanna pray right now for courage and for opportunity. God, I pray right now over every person, God, that you'd give them a fresh burden for the people in the world. God, you would stir a compassion and you would open our eyes, God, to see the needs and to see the pains. So we would not just get on with our life, but God, we would understand that we are on a mission. We have a calling and a purpose, God, to reach in and to offer life and hope and to be a blessing into our world. And so God, we just pray for every single person that we care about. God, we thank you for all the people we're connected to. And we just pray that your blessing that would flow through us into their hearts and touch them and elevate them, we pray in the name of Jesus, believing for a great year of salvation. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, this has been uh, Souls, the final element of influence. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening today. I hope this has been helpful and encouraging. I'm also wondering if there's someone in your world who might benefit from hearing this message. So please do share it with them. Help us get the word out there. And of course, you can connect with us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and so on. Just look for C3 Reflect. For anything else, go to our website, c3reflect.church. Do hit subscribe, rate and review. Thanks so much. We appreciate you guys. Have a great day.